Hello, my name is Hector Hernandez, and I want to welcome you guys to the struggles of entrepreneurship, where we get down to the grain and find out what makes each individual successful. I hope you enjoy it. Daniel, thank you for joining me on my podcast, The Struggles Are Reels for Entrepreneurship. Let me just go ahead and uh, pull it out here on my phone there and make sure everything looks good. Are we live here or not yet? Yeah, we're live. We're good, dude. How you doing? Everything good? <laughs> we're live. Yeah, we're live. There it is. Hector just typed on a post. Uh-oh. <laughs> we're live, oh, brother. Jesus. Man, you got me live on candy camera. Let me share this out. Good stuff. <laughs> All right. Daniel Gomez inspires. Speakers to collaborative, authentic leaders. Let's do it, man. <laughs> cool. So I'm doing great, Daniel. Thank you for joining me again for round two. Thank hey, you. Thank you. Second time I was in firm, so I'm excited, man. I had a had to take a little energy drink and <laughs> But let's do this, man. How you, how's your day Everything was good, man. Thank you. Thank you. How about yourself? I'll tell you what, I had a great day today. So I'm getting ready for my automotive sales training workshop. Uh, I'm have two days here in uh, San Marcos next Monday and Tuesday. So I'm excited about that. So it's good stuff. Nice, nice. Well, thank you for joining my podcast. I know you have a lot of information you can share with us. So let's go ahead and jump straight to it. So tell me, who was Daniel Gomez in high school? school he was a lot of things so <laughs> i'm trying to think for the for the first time right but you know honestly i think daniel going in high school when i first in my freshman year i lived in san marcus texas and uh man i was just a kid who liked to have fun i was uh, a river rat what you would call and mm-hmm. uh, we'd be at the river every summer and we would take our BMX bikes. I had a friend of mine named Eugene Chapa. I call him Chops Chapa. And we'd get, a, a, uh, we'd get on top of the, uh, they call it the Loma, right? We'd ride our bikes down the Loma and we'd jump the bikes into the river. And I was just a river rat. I think that's why I love going to the river so much now. It's the river and the lake because I just, I grew up in the, when I was younger and it just, it's in my blood, right? I'd rather go to, I'd rather, I'd rather go to the river than go to the beach. <laughs> yeah, I really remember that. So that's that's me. Great. So let me uh, go ahead and pull out my question. So let us tell us a little bit. How long have you been doing what you're doing? So what is that you're doing? Well, I'm, I'm a confidence architect, which is a confidence business and life coach. So I go into businesses and I help them to get unstuck. Because a lot of times, if you're a small business owner or you own an organization or you lead an organization, sometimes when you lose your confidence, like an example, like a lawyer. Whenever a lawyer loses, say, a personal injury case, they lose another one and they lose another one. Well, after two or three losses you have, or you don't get the results you want, you lose your confidence. And it's just like, I think in the analogy that we talked about was, uh, you know, like Michael Phelps. He's a, he's a, he was the top number one swimmer in the world, number one ranked, and even he had a coach. So I go in there and I help these businesses see the blind spots that they have because even myself, everybody has blind spots just like a vehicle. Every vehicle has a blind spot, but a lot of times we don't even realize we have these blind spots. So I go in there and I help small businesses and corporations see the blind spots and then in people's lives, 
Well, of course, if you know, sometimes you hit those spots where you go through doubt, you don't believe in yourself anymore, and you know, I just have to have them find that confidence. It's in there, and you gotta find it because like anybody else, you know, once you you, you don't succeed in a couple of things, doubt yourself, and once you doubt yourself, you're stuck in that rut, and it's hard to get out of that rut. Yeah, I know that's a great point, but let me ask you. So you mentioned coaching. What got you into coaching? How? What led you into coaching? Well, you know, two years ago, my wife was diagnosed with breast cancer. And when she was diagnosed with breast cancer, she had a double mastectomy, and she was at home pretty much for probably close to three months. And she got depressed on me. And even though her body was healing physically, the emotional part of just recovering from a thumb me it's no dope. And when she got depressed, I had to make a decision whether I was going to stay in my corporate job or if I was going to take care of her. And I had to make that decision to say, you know, it doesn't matter how much money you have in the bank or how much money you're making. I had to make a decision because what did it do me to have a great job? And then my, my wife, which was diagnosed with stage three cancer, breast cancer, if she was to pass away, I'll be, I mean, the money doesn't serve you. So you have to prioritize what you're doing it. I resigned from the job that I had at the moment and take care of my wife. One thing led to another and I didn't want to go back to work because I realized, well, not, I didn't want to go, not that I didn't want to go back to work, but I didn't want to go back to say that full-time nine to five job because my family, I felt needed me more than what I had realized in the past. So I had to make that decision and it, it turned out to be a win-win situation for me and my career and my family. So how long have you been doing it for two years now, you mentioned, right? And actually, uh, the two years that I've been uh, actually a speaker, a coach, and a trainer, and um, it's been it's been amazing. You know, just I love helping people, and if that's if I see it as when you give of yourself in coaching, you really see the results that people get because a lot of times they don't realize. So after they see the results in their own life, they're like, "Man, I should have done this a long time ago." So it's it's, it's just a, it's an amazing feeling, Hector. So I know you mentioned that um, you got into coaching and so forth. Before you and I played, you ran dealerships. How has a sell, how has selling or being a car salesman? Do you think that's helped you in your career now? Oh yeah, because when I like like when I ran the Chevrolet dealership, I was part of the whole store besides the owners. And you deal with a lot of different scenarios and not just with the customer scenarios, but you deal with a lot of scenarios with your employees. And unfortunately, when you have a hundred people, you either has a sickness, has a disease, whether it's diabetes or cancer, body passes away, or you got people that are, you know, going through marital problems. Yeah, but you just have so many scenarios or kids run away. I mean, you name it. We hear it in the dealership. I mean, you know, you, you talk about a hundred people, a hundred families, there's always something going on. And even though you do it day in and day out and you guide these people and you mentor them and I mean, it, they're family. And, and, and that's one thing that I really, I think I always blossomed in, in, in the career that I did as far as being a leader is that I, I, I truly cared about my employees. Sometimes my fault was that I cared too much about my work family <laughs> than I did my own family at times. And I'm just being honest about that. So I think just dealing with that day in, day out, you got, you got the customers that are mad at you, you got the customers that want things, you got the cars that are breaking down, you got just issues from all over the place. And then, well, the number one issue you have, the number one things that come up is people in their lives and sicknesses and 
families and you don't realize that you're coaching people at that time but I think after 15 years doing that it, it prepares you to be what who I am it prepared me to be who I am today awesome awesome so now that two years you met a lot of people you've gone through a lot of ups and downs what's one thing you wish you would have known when you started I was going to say that it was going to be as hard as and I know I wish I would have known it was going to be this hard but I think if I would have known it was going to be this hard I would have done it <laughs> <laughs> good point yeah I mean, you know you, sometimes sometimes we want to know too much and I think if I would have known that it was going to be as hard as it was to really take a, a, a business and make it successful be profitable two years in a row it's not easy and but I had the mindset that when when I had my when I ran organizations, I know what it's like to take a business that's losing a million dollars and turn it to a positive cash flow where you're a million in the red and put it two million in the black. I've done that. I mean, I, I, I know numbers, I know business, I know how to open a month, close a month, account payable. I know how to do all that. So that prepared me for my own business, but when you when you work for an established organization, they already have the processes and procedures in place. You just kind of tweak them and you improve them. So when you're starting something from scratch, it's like you got to push the ball and pushing the ball. It's not an easy thing because you got to get that momentum up for yourself. And not only that, you got to figure out which processes you need in place. What are you going to sell? Because it doesn't matter what type of business you're in. You got to sell something because if you if, if your business doesn't have any sales, you're not going to survive. And it's just a proven fact that most most small businesses start 96% of them fail because they don't have any sales. They don't know. They don't know how to sell. They don't have any sales process. And I think I had that sales background, so it helped me to put those processes in place for, for sales. So that's, but it was hard, it was challenging. And I got many rejections, many no's, and not just with coaching, but just in training and speaking. I think people don't realize that before I really got my first uh, paid speaking engagement, I think I applied for almost, it was over 80, 80 speaking engagements that I applied for that I actually got paid for one. So it's, you talk about a lot of no's, like it, it, it makes, I'm not afraid to say it, right? It's just one of my favorite quotes is when you're 99% sure you're going to quit as an entrepreneur and you're crying in the bathroom and something just pushes you to keep going forward. I've been there. I know what it's like. Yeah, yeah. The struggles are real. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. uh, what really, what resources have helped you throughout these two years grow your business? What resources? Well, I, you know, I, I think just part of being something that, you know, with meeting you and being part of SA Power Hour, that was coming into the, and just really setting a foundation of kind of so much. It's not, it's not sometimes it's just the consistency that you have. And I think most entrepreneurs fail because they don't have any consistency. They're always doing something different. They're always, they're here one day, they're here the next, and then they have no structure in their day. And one thing that I that I enjoyed about being part of SA Power was networking. Is every Wednesday you had a commitment that you had to be there and you had to be a part of something. And then you build relationships and you build uh, friendships and you build just you know sometimes you become like family like yourself. You know you were you were the one that built my website with the one that I currently have at DanielGlomanSpeaker.com. And so I think that just little golden pieces in my life these past two years like that have really helped me just really being part of networking groups and just going out there and being consistent every day doing something even if it's the smallest thing just doing something every day getting me to that goal where i want to go to so networking you would attribute to your success as one of the resources 
yeah, of course, networking, um, networking, and then also social media is huge for me. If you would have told me that I have more followers on LinkedIn than I do on Facebook, I would have never believed it. I'll never forget the first time that I I, I did a post on. Uh, <laughs> I would post something on Facebook and boom, 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 I would get, you know, 50, 100 likes easy. And then I post something on LinkedIn and crickets, crickets, like nothing, like not even one like. And I remember that happened for like three months and man, I was like, man, I'm going to give up on this LinkedIn. It doesn't work. And it took me about six months to actually get some traction. And then now, almost two years later, I have about close to 7,000 followers on LinkedIn and I get a lot of business from LinkedIn and just being consistent, posting content. I mean, and I just, I'm not talking about just don't just post to pay to post, but you have, you have to put some good content out there because people don't, if, if you're not putting stuff that's engaging on LinkedIn or any type of social media platform, they're not going to want to engage with you. Yeah, you're right. You have to add value. Yes, sir. You have to add value to what you say. So. Let's get into the personal side. So, what's something that people misunderstand about you? Oh man. Uh, well, you know, I, I think I'm a happy, oh, lucky type of guy, right? I, I usually I, they, they call me the life of the party. I like to have fun. I joke a lot, and I'm always smiling, and that's just my demeanor. But I think one thing that that all people just going back many years that they misinterpret me is. When it's time for business, it's time for business. Like for example, we brought up the car business. In the car business, we'd always be joking around, and I'd be the one, you know, buying tacos or whatever for the guys. We just have a good time. But hey, when it's time to sell cars, it's time to sell cars. And sometimes, you know, sometimes I come across being too direct, and people miss, um, confuse that as me being rude. Like you know, they're like, man, this guy's just rude, right? And it's not that I'm rude. It's like, hey, there's a time to play, but there's a time to work, and right now we gotta work. And I think sometimes just my directness, when I get that, when I'm in that zone of focus of, hey, let's get to it. And I, I, I've seen that sometimes just in my in my own business to where, you know, you, I love helping people, I love serving people and, and really going above and beyond for them. But there's times that it's like, okay, we got, we really have to focus on what we're doing. And I, and I think sometimes people misinterpret me just wanting to succeed and helping them as being like non-caring and rude at times. Yeah, well, sometimes it's hard to hear the truth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, right, and it's like that. It's like that saying, "Tough love," and and I, I think at first I would I, I call myself apologizing because you try to you want to make people happy or you want to, people to like you, but I came to the realization over like a little over a year ago that first of all, not everybody's gonna like you, and second of all. People that don't like you, half of them don't like themselves. So if you think about that, because we all have issues, I have issues. I mean, you know, we, we've all gone through issues with my wife these past two years, going through her breast cancer journey. If you would have told me, man, Daniel, you're gonna have to, you're gonna be totally different by the end of the time she has her last surgery procedure, I would have been like, there's nothing wrong with me. But as you go through life, as you go through entrepreneurship, I was like, Hector, I had a lot of junk inside of me that I had to get out and I didn't even realize it. Yeah. I think we all do. It's just a matter of being real and being honest with ourselves and looking at that mirror and looking a little bit deeper than just what are we wearing, right? Looking inside. Yeah, and what the one thing I noticed just in, in in coaching people is everybody's kind of excited at first, and some people they hit that that point where you touch a 
a hurt that's never been dealt with, say from five, six years ago. Maybe maybe they broke up with their ex-boyfriend or their ex-girlfriend. And when you touch that that pain point, they push you away and they start to sabotage the coaching sessions. And that's where you gotta really just kind of take your coaching and recognize that to another level because most people would rather avoid it than deal with it. And the thing is when you don't deal with it, never you never experience the great opportunities that you have, all the possibilities that are right here. And I was I was I was guilty of that because there was some things that I had to deal with with myself that I had to forgive myself for and, and you start to sabotage in your own business and then next thing you know you you, you start to blame uh, you, you start to play that blaming game and you look at scenarios or people and it's like <laughs> let me tell you it's not about responsibility but your own and I had to look myself in the mirror and tell myself that yeah that's good but it's also hard to tell yourself that after so many years of just laying it roll or laying it keep going so in your business who has influenced you who are three people that really have helped you grow your business and you're thankful that you may take it to the next level? You know, three people that I would have to really be thankful for, I think uh, a speaker friend of mine, uh, Sean Douglas, he's been a great friend, um, you know, kind of when I was uh, a baby in the, in the screen, you know, when I first came out, I was doing training because that's what I knew. I always did sales training at the dealerships and it was in my blood. So that's kind of was the first foundation of, of my business. But as I really developed my speaking skills, Sean Douglas, um, an awesome guy. He's a U.S. He, he's, he's part of the U.S. Air Force. Serves our country. I, I have a lot of respect and love for him. And then um, I would have to say uh, Tom Chesler. You know, he's my press agent. You know, he really helped to kind of get me going out there. And he, whether we go to California or we go to Dallas or Houston, we, we always travel together. And it's a lot of fun. And you know, sometimes it's, I'm human too. Sometimes I get discouraged. But sometimes when you're out on the road you're by yourself it, it's a blessing i just have a brother in christ like tom and not only is, is he my press agent but he's a he's a dear friend and dear brother to me and i would think also mr um john lamb you know he's uh, somebody i met when i went to john maxwell you know he really took me under his wing he owns a financial services business out there in ohio and um you know just really kind of mentored me you know we, we have that mindset that sometimes we don't want to learn it you know, he's a very successful multi-millionaire and he really kind of broke the foundation to have me start thinking at a uh at you know, when i was young in my business hey you got to think yourself you got to think you're, you're successful and see yourself being successful but you got to get out of that poverty mentality and that scarcity mentality and you really you really meant to be the first he's one of the first mentors i had in, in business that i am now to really challenge my thoughts of seeing myself as a successful businessman Wow, man, it really helped you. You've come a long way in two years. So you have a book, you're a keynote yes. speaker, you've gone national, you're going to go international pretty soon. So you've really done a lot. Tell us a little bit about your book. How's that come, how, how that whole idea come about? Did you ever think you were going to write a book? If you would have told me I was going to write a book three years ago, I would have said, Hector, you're crazy. You got the wrong picks in your... <laughs> I wouldn't have believed it. And, um... I had I went to John Maxwell actually the first conference I went to probably uh, back in 28 uh, when was it I think it was in 2018 and um, I met this author and I was just like he was in he was nobody extraordinary but he was he had written this book and I was like wow I met an author right because I had never really met an author face to face and when you go to these John Maxwell conferences you have you know you're setting 
in the same table. So I got a chance to network with them, talk with them. And I was like, I just thought in my mind, how awesome would it be to write a book? And it was just an inclination. It was just a thought in my in, in my mind. And, but if you would have told me at that moment, hey, Dan, you're going to write a book here in a couple of months, I would have been like, Dan, you're crazy. But I had that in my in, in my mindset and it never left me. And little by little, I look into writing a book and some places wanted all this money. And I just thought, man, there's no way I'm going to do this. And by the grace of God, he led me to a gentleman named um, Darren Palmer. And uh, Darren is an amazing man. Um, um, he owns a, a company called 30 Days to Self-Publish. And Darren's the one that really guided me. And talk about, you talk about sabotaging yourselves. I started off on fire because I was like, yeah, I'm going to write this book. I can do this. And then like, I think about six weeks into writing my book, it's like, I wanted to give up because it wasn't easy. Talk about waking up at 3 o'clock, 3.30 every morning for 90 days uh, or 65, 90 days around there through the whole process. And it's, it wears on me after a while, but it's, it was, I grew up a lot. Believe me, it builds your character and it builds your resilience. Oh, yeah. So your life has really changed um, in these two years. So based on that, what's something that you've learned about life and how did your life before it and how your life after it, after you learned it? You know, it's as funny as, as minute as it, or maybe it, just to relax and have fun. I think for many years, I always tried to be number one in the car business, try to you know, make the most money and you know, you're always pushing, you're always gunning. And even though you would reach material goals, you know, I remember my first goal was to buy myself a Harley, I bought myself a Harley, then you want another Harley, then you want another car. And then you're always attaining these material things and then, but you, you never really find that true fulfillment, that true joy. And not that I wouldn't enjoy life, but I think looking back now, these past two years, almost losing my wife to, to breast cancer, it opened your eyes to a lot of things. And I think just being an entrepreneur and being a successful business owner, I really just taken a step back and and just learn to relax and um, just to really enjoy every moment because tomorrow's never promised. You know, we, we always take tomorrow for granted. Millions of people go to bed every night, but not everybody wakes up, Hector. And I think if we had that memory in our memory, we would, we would be a lot more grateful for the people and show a lot more love and just be happier just to really relax you can't you, we can't control everything and the harder you try to control everything then the more frustrated you get so i've learned to just let go and let god and just really relax and enjoy time with my kids with my grandson now andres and you know just to really just enjoy life i think that's a i'm more chill now i guess is a good way to put it <laughs> yeah well that's always good chilling is always better right good that you're able to step back a little bit and understand that gonna happen so let's get a little bit into the business and so if somebody wants to be as a coach a speaker and they're just starting out what would be some websites that they should visit what would be some websites that they should go register to be on well i think if you're you're serious about being a coach i would definitely consider um joining the john maxwell team they do a great job in, in giving you the curriculum that you need and I think they have some of the some of the best curriculum to guide you, to teach you, to give you a foundation. And then you just build, you build from there. And I think, you know, when I first started with the job McLean team, when I joined them, you know, I got certified through them and a lot of the, the tools that they gave me, I really used them at first. I think as you develop as a coach, you kind of develop your own style and your personality comes out. 
So a lot of the a lot of the coaching that I do, a lot of the curriculum that I use for myself, it's just stuff that I get from from just the experiences and that come from my heart and you know they work. So I would say definitely plug into some certification or dot natural something that you, that you don't think you want to do, but I would, that's what I would recommend. And just really seek um, seek a community that's going to help you to get to where you want to be. I think too many times we don't make that investment within ourselves as a, as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, because we have that employee mindset. I think I, I always talk about how somebody has that employee mindset because they, they leave that nine to five job and they actually make the commitment to be an entrepreneur, but they still think like an employee and they don't invest in who they are. And I would say you need to invest in who you are and join a community that's going to help you to become and develop as a coach or whatever whatever industry you want to do right you're you're, you're a website the digital marketing you know you have to invest and pay money to be around people like that and that's what you need to do yeah good good point so um what technology do you use to help you grow your business so drop us some some tools that you use that you that help you well you know i would definitely say canva canva I love Canva, C-A-N-V-A, Canva.com. Um, all, a lot of my my content that I develop comes from, I, I, I designed it in Canva, and I designed most of my stuff. And um, it's I've been using it, you know, if, if, you're, if you're an entrepreneur and you're not using social media, you gotta use social media first. You have to use Facebook, you have to use LinkedIn. If you don't have a LinkedIn and you're a small business owner, you need, you need to get it, I mean, you might say it's not me, but a lot of people that need your services are hanging out on LinkedIn and you're missing out. And you have to figure out one thing, one thing that I had to figure out for myself is where is your customer base at? A lot of my customer base, some of it's in Facebook, some of it's on LinkedIn. I even hang out on Twitter, even though my, I wasn't a big Twitter fan. I have some, some major clients that hang out on Twitter. So, you know, you like their posts and you kind of disengage with them because it just, it builds, it builds camaraderie and, 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 and and relationships and I tried Instagram but it's like kind of Instagram it, it hasn't really worked for me so you, you have to see what works for you just because just because everybody's doing everything don't be like everybody you got to do what works for you and for me definitely Instagram I mean definitely LinkedIn and Facebook but when I get my content I develop it I develop it for those two social media platforms so if you're not using social media you're missing out and if you're not consistent posting every single day you're missing out and I would definitely use Canva to get your your content developed. And another thing that I would use for videos is um, Kaplan.com. It's a great thing for, for video editing and that's something that I use all the time. Um, it's just great stuff that really helps kind of separate you and just put little exclamation points on stuff. So Kaplan and Canva, if you're gonna just do your own content. Cause a lot of, a lot of the posts that I do, like I create on myself. There is some stuff that like speaker reels that I give videographers to help me with, but for the most part, I do most of my content myself. Uh, Capwing, that's K-A-P-W-I-N-G, correct? Yeah, K-A-P-W-I-N-G. All right, so, um, now we know you're on social media, you, you said it, you mentioned it. Um, just go back and take a little bit on that. So most importantly, it doesn't matter what channels you're on, what's important is that you have a marketing strategy, right? You have a plan. If you're, I read somewhere the show, you know, he had a 60, 2020 where you're going to do like 60% of uh, fun stuff on his post and then 20% of education and then 20% of sales. So if you divide your 30 days into that into that formula, you realize that most of your time is just educating. So Yeah, for sure. 
And one thing that I would tell you too is um, 80 per, over 80% of social media content is video. So if you're not putting video out there, you're only hurting yourself because every day more and more, I, I, don't, want, I don't know the exact percentages, but it, it, it goes up for, um, you know, the, the video content is really taking over. It doesn't, if you look at Twitter, videos. If you look at Facebook, videos, right? You go and live, you're looking at, even now I, I was on LinkedIn earlier, more and more people, I, I'm yet to go live on, on, on LinkedIn, I'll admit that, but I need to start doing that because I'm seeing more and more people go live on LinkedIn. And it's just, it's just part of the thing, it's part of, it's free advertising, so why wouldn't you use it? People would pay, put it this way, people were paying back in, in when I remember when I first got in the car business, just to do a commercial, you're paying thousands of dollars to be on this, whether it was CBS or Channel 4, whatever it was. And right now you got an opportunity to do a free commercial and most people don't take advantage of it because they say they're embarrassed or that's not their, their personality. Nothing's ever good when you first start. So, right, you don't have to be great to start, but you do have to start to be great. So I would encourage everybody, Hector, if you, I think you saw one of the first videos I did as a speaker two years ago. I wouldn't have hired me either. Because <laughs> <laughs> the video stopped. The video was, it was just but you gotta start somewhere. So if I'm a business owner, I know I need social media. I know I need video. What stops me? Why most, Why do most people fail when it comes to it? If I know the importance, if I watch videos, what would you say? They don't have confidence in themselves. Like they don't confidence. have confidence in themselves. And when you lack the confidence within oneself, you, you, the one thing, you spend so much time acquiring knowledge and the biggest lie that we've been told even since we were kids, is knowledge is power, and knowledge is not power. It's the activation and the application of the knowledge that's, that's power. You have to activate that knowledge. You have to apply what you learn. And when you activate it, you know, you take action, and you gotta take immediate action, because it doesn't do any good to read 20 books every single month, and then you're not even applying the knowledge that you have. Yeah, it doesn't matter what you read, you're gonna apply it. So in these two years, Daniel, what was your biggest failure that you hit the wall as a coach and how can you overcome it? Let's give somebody, let's give you guys some tips on how they should overcome when they encounter that. My biggest failure was in my own mind at a point I thought I couldn't do it. That was my biggest failure. And I think I reached a point last summer, uh, about a year ago that I just, I really said, you know what? Um, I was, I, w I had, I had business. Don't get me wrong. I was making money. I was, I was doing well. But internally, I just said, you know, I'm over here struggling to do what I'm doing when I can go back into the car business and make a lot more money. And I literally, like, I think that's the time. That was, that was a very pivotal point in my life because. That's the day that I made that quote, right? I was like 99.9, I was 99.9% sure I was gonna give up and quit. And I teared up in the restroom and I was just, you know what? Why am I struggling? Why am I struggling when I have no need to struggle? And I can go back to a six figure income easily. And I think at that time I really just checked myself and I found out what I was made of. And I didn't take the easy way out. And now a year later, so many doors and it's for really grinding it out because I almost I almost gave up on myself too soon and I think a lot of people 
make that mistake that they give up, they give up on themselves too soon. Well, you know, I think it's very, very interesting point. So I was reading a book called Go For No. Um, I don't recall the author now, but it's very interesting. So most of us set a, a goal, right? I want to make four sales this week. And whenever we make the four sales, then we kind of just say, all right, well, I, I, I'm able to relax now, right? And their approach was like, no, how about instead of saying, selling or setting records for yourself or goals for yourself, Set goals for your nose. Say, you know what? I need to get this many nose this week. By you doing that, it allows you to make those more calls. It allows you to get those more sales. It allows you to get deeper into this contact, right? Create your pipeline, follow up later. And I feel very interesting because I think society prepares us to everything BS. And the example that they used, Daniel, was um, a, a little kid trying to ask for a cookie, right? Like, can I get a cookie? And mom says, no. Please, mom, no. Please, mom, with a cherry on top, no. Mom, but please, I would do this. And mom, but please, please. Eventually the mom says, all right, just one. Right, so the kid has got all these no's, but he knew that he had to be he had to be persistent and he was gonna get a yes eventually. And as we grow up, we, we, we lose that. We, we start being embarrassed. Yeah, I, it's funny, we're talking about this because um, I ran across a, an old friend of mine I hadn't seen him like in 15 years. And Barry Farber was very, uh, he, he, he used to come into our Chevrolet dealership and, and they would offer the, the training for, for new sales professionals. And um, I hadn't seen him in so many years. I ran into him at, at a training we were doing at Volkswagen of Alabama Heights. And Barry goes, you know what? Why don't we have a, a, a workshop, a, a conference? I was like, man, I, go, I got my women's conference coming up in October. I go, you're, I go, nah, I go, you know what? I, I have enough, I'm, I'm doing good, I'm okay. And he said, you know what, Daniel, you gotta stop thinking small. He goes, you gotta, you have to challenge yourself. Well, within less, like about a month's time, last month we had our first um, Get Impacted Automotive Sales Training Workshop. We sold out both days. We had 43 people one day and 49 next. And because he challenged me and I had to get away from my comfort zone, I got a lot of no's, believe me, we got a lot of no's, but we sold out. I had my best month ever as an entrepreneur, as a business owner. And Barry was so motivated. He goes, you know what? Let's have another one in October. And then next thing you know, he comes. You know what? We're not going to have it in October. We're going to have it in September. And I was like, what? There's no way. He goes, no, let's do it. But Barry pushed me to go out there and not be scared to get more notes. And um, I got we, I got told no. And just as a matter of fact, today uh, we, we we signed up two more dealerships. So we got a six dealerships, seven dealerships going to the, the training conference that we're going to have with the South, uh, how do they get San Marcos Convention Center? We have like three, three, three dealerships coming from Austin, one from Fredericksburg, Texas, another one, we got insurance on here from San Antonio. And you, um, but the thing is, you got to get those no's, or, they're gonna, either got to do it or you don't do it. And we hear no and it's like, okay, well, I got to get a yes. You know, the one thing I was going to see, the one thing that you don't realize is, they don't invest in themselves. And in these conferences, right? You gotta pay that thousand dollars up front for that for that conference room, that hotel. It's not free. You gotta reserve it. You gotta put some skin in the game. And once you drop a thousand, two thousand dollars into a hotel, I was like, hey, right? Take that old say, if you build it, it will come. If you if you rent it, you better come because if not, you're, you're two thousand dollars in the home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So now that you say that they don't invest in themselves, you're a coach. So go ahead and tell us a little bit about the services that you offer and um, 
give me an experience of how one of your services or some of your services changed somebody's life. Well, I do, in, in my confidence coaching, I do, uh, I do confidence business coaching and I do confidence life coaching. And pretty much, you know, in, whether it's in a business format or in a personal life, it's kind of the same parallel because if the leader loses his confidence or if a person loses his confidence, they stop taking action. And at times we even get depressed and we don't even realize it because we isolate ourselves or we just don't take risk anymore in life. We just give up that that little edge that we have. And sometimes it's not the biggest degree of, of separation. It's the smallest degree of separation that keeps us from being great. And uh, what comes to mind is a, a great client that I have, you know, and unfortunately, um, you know, just she, she, she lost a family member and she didn't realize the state she was in. And I think just really showing showing this person that you know through through our online program our, our, I have an online um, an online coaching program called 12 uh 12 week mindset mastery where it really opens up your mindset to receive and and to believe that you know you can't truly accomplish anything you want but you can reshape your life and manifest the life that you want and you know just the amazing results that i see and i hear it in her voice because you know we hear it. We hear. We hear it in people's voice when they're not happy. We hear it when yeah. they're frustrated. We hear it. We can lie to anybody we want to lie, but we hear the tonality of how they come across. And from the moment I met this person to the moment now, just the results. You hear joy. You hear happiness. And it's like for them to say, if I would have known coaching would have done this many, many years ago, I would have done it because she had been that they were. She was in this state for for, for a while. Yeah. But that just brings so much happiness to me to see the fact that she's out there taking chances now, living life, you know, growing. She happens to be have have a business too, and she's taking more action in her business. And it's like just to see that, and to know that that their life is at a better state, at a better quality than when you first met them. I mean, there's there's no price that you can put in that. Awesome, awesome. That's great, Daniel. So. I'm gonna go ahead and make sure to drop all your links on, on the comments for this, and I wanna make sure to drop them on the podcast section as well. Uh, we're gonna go ahead and wrap it up. I know you got so much more to share, and we're gonna to have to set up for a round two. Daniel, thank you for joining us today. True, round three on this case. Daniel, thank you so much for joining us today, man. I'll catch you on the next one, brother. All right, sure. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I want to say thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Do not forget to sign up for our private Facebook group. Subscribe to this podcast so you get the alert when we get the next one. Thank you and have a good day.